Hi, I'm Austin Earthum. Welcome to the Kitchen Table Podcast. I'm here to motivate, educate, and relate to you guys sharing my stories, helping you get 1% better in all areas of your life. Welcome to episode number 105. I've uh, got a great episode for you uh, today. A lot of things have happened in the past week. There's not really any news per se. Um, nothing big has been signed for or happened. Uh, just a lot of good thoughts. Read a lot of stuff this week. Listened to a lot of good podcasts. Uh, had some good reflection time. And ultimately got a lot done and grew a lot um, in that process. So happy to share that with you guys today and hope to help you get 1% better. So without further ado, here we go. So first of all, a uh, quote I heard last week was actually by Pat McAfee listening to his show as I was working out. Um, and he basically said that success happens due to you being happy, not the other way around. So you get success because you're happy, not success makes you happy. I thought that was a really good quote because we've talked a lot about the process and how you need to enjoy the journey. I kind of love the mountain range in my shirt because it it shows the roller coaster of life and how things come about. And there's good times, bad times, uh, and the bad times help you appreciate the good times, certainly. Uh, But I was on a podcast this past week called The Sports Psychology Of, uh, so go check it out on Spotify, Apple, all those good things. Uh, And we talked about the... Uh, sorry, I just got a text. We talked about the uh, process of kicking a football. Um, the, the whole podcast is about uh, the mental game in kicking. Uh, so it's really cool to dive into detail. And we kept coming back to the process of kicking is way more important than the outcome. And if you do the process right, the outcome will happen uh, usually in your favor. And we want to continue to think about what do I need to do in order to make this kick, not I have to make this kick and uh, just thinking that. Um, So the outcome, what I wrote down is the outcome doesn't make the decision wrong. And here's why I wrote that. So everybody's talking about uh, Dan Campbell, right? And we want to reach a certain mountaintop. You can see on my shirt, there's not just one mountaintop, right? Once you reach the mountaintop, the only way you can go is down. If you can continue to reach mountains and go across the earth, that's what you really want to have on your journey. It's a never ending cycle. But Dan Campbell, a great coach, uh, players coaches, being criticized this past week for going for it on fourth down rather than kicking a couple of field goals and running the ball at the goal line with a minute left um, and having to call a timeout rather than giving the team an extra 40 seconds um, after they would score. Um, and I disagree with people giving him backlash because, first of all, he stayed true to his identity. Right, If they, if they go for it and they miss the field goal, uh, which may have happened on one of the two occasions, or if they – throw the ball in fourth down and don't get it, everybody's going to say, why didn't you go for it, right? They're going to criticize him either way. Um, whereas in the fact of the matter is it could have went up three scores, and instead he decided to uh, go for the go for the throw and put the game away and go by another touchdown instead of a field goal. So I think, I think that, one, Dan Campbell goes to the podium no matter what, and he did do this, and he said, I don't regret the decisions. No matter what he's saying, that's who we've been all year. That's our identity. That's who I am. We have confidence in what we're going to do. And they just didn't execute it. And there's a there's a drop ball. Uh, there's a missed block, all that kind of stuff. So everybody says the outcome dictates the decision. They think the decision was wrong because the outcome was poor. Now, flip side, media would be saying, what a great decision. Dan Campbell's risky. He's going for it, and they get it. Right? No matter what, Dan Campbell is thinking, I'm the process of I trust in my guys. We've we worked on this stuff all the time. Let's go for it. Right? That's our identity. That's who we are. We're focused on the process, 
How do we get there? How do we how do we get this game put away? Okay, we make this play. They're thinking, okay, out route, guy blocks the end, throw the ball to the out route, catch the ball, get down, first down, we move forward, right? So either way, he's thinking about the process of how did we get to this point? They've gone for fourth down more than anybody in the league uh, this season. So the process is them doing that. So why change it in this game? So people argue, well, that's their demise. That's where uh, they got close and then the rug got pulled out before them. No, that's what's made them successful. And if you're really good at something, you should continue to do it because that's who you are. Hi. Oh, sorry, got interrupted. Of course, the one time I tried to do it. Uh, anyways, part of life. Um, so yeah, moving forward, I, I think I was talking about Dan Campbell and how uh, that's been his process the whole year and super important for him to follow his identity and players to know who he is and who they are um, and focus on the process because that's what got him there. And people say they're, uh, you're playing with fire, um, but I would say that you should stick with your strengths. And if you lose that way, you can live with it. But if you lose the other way, um, and going changing from what you've done in the past. I don't think that's a great thing to do. Um, so that's my take on it. But I think a great quote by Pat McAfee, no matter what, and also from the sports psychology side, focus on the process, not the outcome. Uh, where I saw God this week, so watched a great movie called The Hill uh, on Netflix about a baseball player who is um, crippled, uh, has stuff on his legs, and eventually a miracle kind of happens and he's able to run. Um, but then he has some other uh, complications later in life. Um, I won't tell you if he reaches his dream or not, but I think what's super cool is that miracles do happen and God provides those miracles for us. Uh, so one thing that's super interesting is, one, he's able to walk. He wants to play baseball. His dad comes around. His dad's a preacher. Um, and then ultimately he has to go 10 for 10 uh, hitting baseballs out of the park in order to get signed. And that's kind of like uh, going 10 for 10 in a kicking uh, free agent combine to be the best one, right? There's 30 guys there to be the best one. You basically got to go perfect to win. So he's basically got to go perfect in order to get a chance to play in the MLB. Now he's got no money. He's hurting, all this kind of stuff. He's got a bum ankle. The odds are totally against him. Uh, and then he ends up going 10 for 10. And that's all I will tell you about that. Um, but it's super, super cool because the whole point of the movie, in my opinion, is that miracles can happen and that your faith leads to you getting hope. And hope is something that can carry us to the next day over and over and over again. If you have something to look forward to, something to think about, uh, something to pride yourself on. Uh, I wrote down here that God's will uh, might not look like ours, but if you if you put in the effort, something good will happen. Right. So I wanted to be a professional athlete. Ultimately, uh, have not got to that point. Still have that drive, desire, work ethic, all that good stuff. But ultimately, I have hope because I'm young and I know that I have a lot of good things happening. And no matter what business side, sports side, Whatever I put towards, uh, my life towards, something good will happen and come out of it. So the movie is really, really good, uh, in my opinion, and really shows you uh, the powerful image that God has and how he can affect your daily life if we allow him to, if we allow him to. Uh, so next thing this this month, uh, this week, is uh, I put this month's newsletter out uh, and talked about how we shouldn't relate our year or base our year off of January's results, right? So you go over to Substack, I'll put the uh, page here linked in the description, but we don't want to base our goals off of January for a couple of reasons. One, the year's not over. It's just a start. Two, there's plenty of time left in the year. Three, we kind of have peaks and valleys like I've talked about. The start of the year is great. Yeah, we're ready to go. And then we kind of get into those snow days 
and the the hard times and back to work and blah 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 whatever fill in the blank and so we really don't want to uh base it off of for instance i was working out and i uh, had a bad uh lift and dropped the bar on my femur essentially um, so i can no longer do cleans and snatches at heavy weight because uh, basically it's too much pressure on my legs to hit the bar um, so i i can get stronger in other ways but i wasn't able to hit those goals because of that injury and a little bit of a setback. Also meditation, sometimes just too, too fiery going to bed, taking the dog out, walking around, moving and thinking about the next day's stuff. So meditation, I, I didn't get to meditate um, or I should say attempt to meditate uh, those five days of the week um, and some other things as well. But I know that I can still correct that. I can still make it better and that's better than nothing. Um, so we want to continue Continue to know what works, what doesn't work. So I know I got to try to take the dog off a little earlier, dog outside a little earlier, and then maybe I look on my phone for 10, 15 minutes so I can wind down um, so I can still get my hours of sleep, but also I'm a little bit less crazy per se. Um, so life is really trial and error. What works for you, what doesn't work for you. Um, circumstances, obviously all those kind of things play a role, but I encourage you to take your priorities um, and make them your priorities. Do them when you when you need to, and the rest of the stuff will fix itself. It'll work itself out. But those are the most important. All right, next one. Uh, what I learned this week uh, basically is so because there's a lot of kicking competition out there, sports psychology competition out there. You got to find what really sets you apart. Why are you you? What's your purpose? Why why should people come to you? So, instance, for Coles. Coles Kicking is the only place, shout out to them for the sponsor, by the way, the only place where you can get recruiting, the best training out there, have 100% of people on a uh, FBS roster for a specialist, have um, coaching in the whole United States uh, for the most part, have uh, sports psychology work that you can do, and over 25 years of experience, let alone somebody, most of the coaches have either been in the NFL or been at a high level. Uh, so, and it's really the most programs offered at the best price with the best coaching, uh, and gives you the best opportunity to go to the next level, which is ultimately what most people are wanting to have. So that's what sets Coles apart compared to another person, uh, in, in the region. The other thing with my business, sports psychology is what, what I think about, how do I separate myself? Well, there's not very many sports psychology people out there that have one played professionally at a high level. Two, done it at multiple sports, played two Division One sports. Three, are young enough to relate to the crowd that they're going to talk to, um, but have some experience. And four, was a teacher or coach as well. So we kind of hit all the realms. We can relate to people. We did it at that level. We practice it ourselves. And we're able to connect with people um, and help them get better um, in multiple ways, not just in sports, but also whatever their career is going to be academically, that kind of stuff as well. So I think that you need to find what sets you apart, and that is your marketing. You are the brand. All right, so uh, speaking of relationships, that's the next thing I learned, is that in our relationships, there's jealousy, stuff like that. So I'm a very jealous person. Then um, I learn I miss football all the time, watching the playoffs, watching the Pro Bowl stuff uh, this past weekend. But Something happened this past week, and I had to constantly remind myself of this. So somebody got signed to a team who I don't think is very good and I think is uh, wishy-washy and uh, fakes the game and basically gets uh, notoriety because of who they are 
and I think it's a publicity stunt, um, which I understand it's life's about who you know and the connections you have and how can we make money. I get that. Um, but what I wrote down is that one, they, I can't let that affect my day to day because that signing of that person literally does not affect my life. Right. We're two completely separate people, two completely uh, different uh, set of circumstances and different values, goals, all that kind of stuff. So what's the what's the best journey? Well, I don't need to I don't need to pay attention to it. Right. There's, there's it doesn't affect me. Uh, I shouldn't be mad for other people living my dream because they got to accomplish theirs. Right. So we want to help people accomplish their dreams. We want we ultimately want to accomplish our own. But positivity spreads. You make not only the people around or yourself better, but the people around you better. So we got to have positivity um, and prioritize the things that essentially will change my day today. Not okay. I saw this on Twitter. This is this happened. They got it. Okay, that doesn't matter, right? Go work harder. Go change your your uh, approach, whatever it might be, right? Like I said last week, life life keeps moving on no matter what. If you're ready or not, if it uh, affects you or not, you, whatever you think of, uh, if it if you let it affect you, it will. But on the day to day, anything on Twitter that is not involved with you technically does not affect you. Uh, so that there might be less of a chance, whatever per se. But that doesn't affect your day to day, right? Your work should still be still be competent, still be working hard, put in the time and effort. Uh, and to be in the best version of yourself. So stay in your own lane. I tell these kids all the time, stay in your own lane. Uh, be the best you you can be, uh, not the best whoever you saw on Twitter, Instagram could be. Uh, last thing I learned this week, uh, speaking of being in your head, is the stuff about momentum. So the championship games a couple weeks ago, uh, you could see the Lions had a ton of momentum. Then uh, 49ers got it back. Chiefs, Ravens, I feel like the Chiefs didn't take uh, advantage of their momentum opportunities. Uh, and could have put the game away a lot sooner. Uh, but that being said, I learned a lot of different things on motivation so or momentum. Sorry, so I wrote all these down to make sure I don't mess this up. So in a way, momentum, confidence, all that kind of stuff is literally in your head because it's what you think, right? So momentum basically is awareness and confidence, right? Are you aware of what's happening? And do you have the confidence or do you think you have the ability to change it around or keep it going? Right. So momentum does have this dopamine release release and the opposite effect when you are against the momentum. So cortisol, which is a stress hormone, would get released in that. So you might feel slow, sluggish or uh, basically like you can't change the circumstances and you're doomed. Right. So first thing is to stop digging. Right. If you dig a hole, first thing to do is to stop digging to get out of it. Second thing you need to do, if you are aware, is that you can snap out of it and change your thinking. Right. We want to want to first block the negative. Then we want to have a positive that we can exchange it with. And then we need to act upon it, right? Um, so we're going to use that mind for us in order to understand these skills, to be able to practice them, to do it over and over. So when it happens in a game-like situation, like the AFC or NFC championship game, we're able to move forward as a coach, as a player, et cetera. <clears throat> so we want to work with our hippocampus, work our mind for us in order to change those around. And that's a lot of science that we won't get into today. Um, but I, on the basic side of things, here's what I will say if momentum is against you. Number one, timeouts, taking a break, all those sort of things really do work. Whatever sport you're in, can you take a breath? So first, got to be aware. Second of all, can you take a breath? Can you uh, go deep down and find out what is the root cause of this? And if you can do that, 
Okay, then take a timeout. What do I need to do? What's the process to get out of this and to swing things around? Okay, so timeouts work. And then the other thing that's challenging is if you're in a team setting, the whole team needs to be on board because it's really hard to be in a gray area here. You're either, yep, we can turn this around. Here's what we need to do. Or it's, uh-oh, we're doomed. So if everybody's not thinking the same thing, then, then it's going to be hard to come back because you need all people on the field, on the court, mat, whatever it is, in order to be on the same page and believe that you're going to turn things around because otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. But you can you can fake it till you make it, right? Uh, actors are able to cry on the spot, all that kind of stuff. So you've got to keep telling yourself. Maybe you say it out loud. Uh, in, in PKs in soccer, the team that usually has the most energy um, and is pumped about having PKs is likely to be the team that wins it. Right, so same thing in, in football or whatever other basketball, whatever sport you're calling the timeout in to get that momentum back. You got to believe you can get that momentum back uh, and make the game uh, come to you. Because right, if we're just trying to push it, push it, push it, we might not play as well. We go to the 80% rule, put 80% of your effort into it. Because uh, if you're too tense, you're at 100%, it's likely things won't go well. But we want to focus on our controllables, what's the process, and then good things will happen. We don't have to worry about outcomes like momentum swings because then – I guess bad things happen when you think about outcomes compared to the process because you got to get you got to get to the outcome and that requires a process. Um, the last thing I will say is that timeouts and stuff are important and everybody thinking the same way is important uh, because when you have a negative or traumatizing event, it takes about five times as much positive as it does uh, to one negative in order to cancel each other out. So you might need a couple of timeouts. You might need a couple of good plays to happen. And I always say go back to the fundamentals. Um, think about what you're good at. Use your strengths. Uh, go back to those because if you lose, back to the very start of this, if you lose uh, without, uh, with, by not using your strengths, that's one thing. If you lose by going through your strengths, you can live with that one. Um, they just stopped you. They were better on that day. It is, it is what it is. But ultimately, in a way, momentum is totally made up in our, in our brain. Right, so it's what we think is going to happen Move forward, moving forward. Can we get out of it? Yes, you can. You have to think about how we can do that, what's the root cause of why we're not, get back to the process of how we can, and move forward with action. And you'll find that momentum swings a lot better in your favor in the end because you have that confidence to keep moving forward. And if it, it's always a good, it's always optimism, right? When things aren't going in your favor, you still have the opportunity to make it better, right? Uh, there's kind of much more stuff I got going on. Read a lot of books this week. Like I said, we'll get into those next week. We're about at the 20 minute mark here. So I'm going to shut it down. Uh, learned a lot this week. Um, I will say uh, thank you to Vitargo and those other sponsors. Uh, appreciate you guys. Spotify for podcasters. Couldn't put the podcast on without you guys. And uh, last thing, little note, fun factory is that vegetables that you grow in your own garden have five up to five times the amount of nutrients as it does on the store because there's no chemicals to keep it uh, ripe longer and you get those natural substances out of the ground also builds your immune system and it's healthier for your gut with that that's uh, the end of today's podcast appreciate you guys listening let me uh, get some feedback and i'll talk to you guys next week love you bye